Hey everyone, welcome back to the Miss Entrepreneur Podcast. So today I am chatting with the lovely Miss Emily Conley. You can find her on Instagram. Her handle is at Emily Wrightswell. If you are not following her already, make sure that you go and do that. She is a very, very talented copywriter and just like a really good, genuine person that I love to follow. And she's just one of my favorite people that I've met in the online space. She's so, she just has a really good heart and a very, very talented copywriter. And today on this episode, we are specifically talking about sales pages. And if you are anything like me, you hate sales pages, but you also know how important they are. And so Emily gives a lot of really good, just like Um, questions you can ask yourself, prompts you can ask yourself, tidbits of information on how to make a really powerful sales page. So when people land on it, they buy what you are offering. Um, But I also want to clarify that I don't want you to feel like you have to have a sales page if you're a service-based entrepreneur, especially if you're just starting out. Sales pages are really mainly for I think they work best with service-based entrepreneurs who are starting to scale their business. So if you are starting to offer maybe a group program or a course, or if you're, um, going to start offering maybe um, 90 minute intensives and you want that sales page to just be a place where you can direct people for all their questions to be answered, for everything to be put on one page, for it to be very simple for them to understand what it is they're getting, the problem you are solving with the service, um, all the details, all the features that they're getting, the price, everything, and then make it very easy for them to buy, right? I, I always preach on simplicity. So making it very very simple for them to understand what it is, what they're getting, the problem it solves, the transformation they're getting from the product, from the service, and then making it very simple for them to buy. So I will stop blabbing on. And without further ado, here is Emily. Welcome, Emily, to the podcast. I am so excited to have you on here. I am super excited to be here today. Yes. I am so excited for everybody to get to know you and your expertise and just learn more about you and follow you if they don't already, because you are one of my absolute favorite people in the online space. So the feeling is definitely mutual. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So thank you so much. Um, Walk me through a little bit about kind of like your entrepreneur journey and how you kind of got where you are today in your business. Sure. Okay. I'll try to keep this short. So (laughs) (laughs) essentially I had no plans to ever be an entrepreneur. I was not interested. Like that was not something no one in my family was really an entrepreneur. Like I did not have any kind of desire to ever run a business, but I had been living in Australia with my husband and we had had our daughter Um, and moved back to the States. She was like three months old and I found myself, you know, back in, I had no home. (laughs) We'd sold everything when we moved. So it was just like this big transition period living with my parents. I had a new baby. Um, and I was like, well, I guess I'll go get a job. Right. So I'm like, start my old job offered me a position and it just didn't make sense with the baby. Like it just didn't make sense. So I wasn't, able to do that, but I was, you know, looking around and, um, actually really while that was happening, like fell in love with being home with my daughter, which I was like, 
I'll never be a stay-at-home mom. Like there's, <laughs> I had a stay-at-home mom. I loved having a stay-at-home mom, but I was like, I didn't think that was me at all. Like I we just planned on working. And then I was like, oh, no, I don't want to leave her. Like yes. she's, she's finally fun. Right. They get to be like four or five months old and like they start, you know, stop yeah. crying all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I ended up talking to an old friend from college who is the editor of a um, bridal magazine in Chicago. Mm. And she was like, Hey, we're actually looking for freelancers if you're interested. So I started off just writing like a blog for their website. And then I wrote a couple print articles for their book. And then it blossomed into this like part-time freelance gig. And I was amazed. I was like, Oh, I can be paid to write. Like this is my life's dream to be a yeah. paid writer. Um, and so that kind of went on for about a year, I guess. And then the magazine was being acquired. And so my freelance position was going to um, no longer be available. So I knew that a couple months ahead of time, which was really nice because I was like, well, I got to go find my own clients. And so um, I had a significant portfolio of work, which was really nice. And so, yeah, that was August of 2019 when I launched my website and my Instagram. So I consider that like my official start of Emily Writes Well, which is my writing business, my copywriting business. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love your journey. And it's so funny because um, if you guys didn't know, Emily and I used to work together. And um, when I would talk to her, I would um, say something about like, oh, being a teacher, this and that. And Emily would be like, oh yeah, I know. I used to be a teacher. And I'm like, oh, you did. And then like, <laughs> I would talk about like another story. I'd be like, oh yeah, our tour guide was so funny when she was blah, blah, blah. And Emily's like, oh yeah, I used to be a tour guide too. Like every single job, <laughs> I swear I would talk about it. Emily's like, oh, I used to do that too. Like her journey is so interesting because she just she just has such a background. And I think, I think that helps you, you know, be just such a, a really great writer. You're a very talented writer, but I think that, you know, that expertise or your experience and your background is like, I love that. And it, it just makes you so much more of an interesting person that you have like all these experiences and we really connect too, because you've traveled so much and, um, I just love that about you. So you guys definitely go follow her on Instagram at Emily Wrightswell because her journey and her Instagram account, she's so helpful. She's so genuine, just such an amazing person. So, um, oh, thanks. I always say I have a, I actually, my husband was the one who said this, but like, I didn't have a business until I started coaching with Kayla. So, oh my gosh, she, I was like, I was a freelancer and that's what I was used to doing. And I didn't really understand, like, there's a big difference in being a freelance writer and running a business. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, Kayla got to see all the I think that was what I was like. Kayla asked me that she was, it was like, a, I think we did an intensive. That was the first uh -huh. thing. Um, mm -hmm. And Kayla was like, okay, well, what does your content calendar look like? And I was like, um, what's a content calendar? Like, no clue. I was no clueless. Um, yeah. So it's really, but yeah, I've had a lot yeah. of jobs. That's true. I get bored very easily, which is why like the entrepreneurial, like online business space is so great for me because I can just, do different projects, work with different people. Like it's always something new. Um, so I don't have to bounce around so much. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think that's my favorite piece as well is like the freedom, but also the creativity piece that you can always kind of slightly be changing and kind of shifting and creating new offers. And, um, it's just, it's really fun to like be creative, um, with your business in the online space. So, okay. So today I want to jump into sales pages. Uh, Emily is the most 
so talented in writing and sales pages and I hate sales pages. And I think a lot of you struggle with the copy on sales pages. And if you would ask me, I think the copy is like the most important part of your sales page to really increase your sales. So that's why I want to talk to Emily and I really know that her expertise and what she's going to share with us today is going to help you um, convert more clients with your sales page. So first thing we're going to jump into is what do you think makes a really good sales page? Like, so maybe like three things that everyone should keep in mind when they are creating their own sales page. Uh, yes. Okay. So I do love sales pages. I know every, <laughs> every time I have a client, they're like, I hate this. I'm like, yes. I love this. <laughs> um, so the first thing is really following the rule of one. So the rule of one is just like a thing in copy in general, in business in general, but it's having one promise, like one audience and having one target emotion. So what I see happening on sales pages a lot is like people just try to touch on every single thing. Like, well, maybe you should be afraid of this and maybe you should be worried about this and maybe you should be excited about this. And it's just kind of all over the place. Um, but the best sales pages are so drilled down. So they are really making one very clear promise. They're speaking to one very defined audience. Um, and they really aren't trying to like, you know, have emotions all over the place. It's very targeted. So following that rule of one is definitely my first suggestion. Yeah. And I think that's hard for a lot of people because I hear people like, well, I don't want to leave anyone out. Like, I think that's really like, if I include more people, I'll make more sales. And we know that that's not the case. It's really having that one promise, one audience, one target emotion. I love that, how you really break that down and just kind of force people to know that when you narrow that down more, it's going to help increase your sales. So what's Absolutely. kind of like another one that you... Sure. So I think too, like if think if you think of your sales page as a story. So I love storytelling. You're Kayla, you're a great storyteller. <laughs> like I know that's a thing we both really like. But your sales page should tell a story and you should walk your buyer through your potential buyer, through the buyer's journey. So if you're not familiar with the buyer's journey, I highly suggest looking and like you'll find different stages and it's not super important that you get like exactly right but it's it's the journey right so you start with awareness um so a person has to understand that like they have a problem so many people don't even know they have a problem to solve like the problem you're solving they don't even realize that that's an issue so they have to become aware of it you have to help them see like hey this is a problem then you have to help them understand that like they should be interested in the solutions. Like, why does it matter? Like, what, what's the value here, right? So then they move into interest. So that they're like, oh, I've got this problem. Like, now I'm interested, right? I'm finding the solution. I'm interested in the solution. And then you have to move them into the consideration stage, which is when they're thinking like, okay, I have this problem. I need to solve it. But like, why are you the person to solve it? And why is right now the right time? So those two questions are really big, like why you and why now? Um, so you answer, you know, you kind of address that and then you move to purchase. Um, so it really is like a little story that starts with, you know, someone being completely unaware and ends with them buying. Um, but really focusing your copy based on that rough buyer's journey structure is super helpful. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I like how it is kind of through this journey. And I think that's also why a lot of people's sales pages get really, really lengthy because they think that the journey has to be just this marathon. And um, I think we'll kind of get to length here and a little bit later on in the podcast, but what's the, um, the last tip that you would give people for like a really good sales page? Yeah, this one's really easy, but it's also actually like really hard for people, but it's just be you. So sales pages, we read a lot of sales pages. They kind of start to blend. Like there's a certain tone, there's a certain verbiage, like sales pages kind of can start blending together. And if you really want to take your sales page to like, I hate that phrase, the next level. Right. (laughs) I try to like never write it, but sometimes whatever. Okay. You want to take it to the next level, like use your brand voice. So the way you writing your social media captions, the way you show up on Instagram stories, the way you write your emails, that should all be the same. Like that voice should be really obvious on your sales page. So if you're like a funny person who's always making jokes, like your sales page can include some humorous elements, right? Maybe it's a gif. Maybe it's a funny, like play on words. If you're sarcastic, like that stuff should come through, especially on a sales page. Yeah. And I will say, I think this one is the hardest for people. And, um, I think it's honestly, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, but I think it's because we have so much emotion behind our business and it's like, we feel so much pressure, like it's all on us. And when, then when we go to write, it's so buttoned up, like, because we're not, just bringing that ease and just having fun and like really bringing our brand voice. So I have found when you are working with someone like Emily, or when I have clients come to me with their content or like creating offers, it's so much easier for me to help them and for you to help other people because you don't have the emotion like your client does. Right. So it's so much easier for you to listen to somebody and really pull out their brand voice and give them tips. And that's the same when I'll talk to my clients and they're, well, you know, they want to do this or this. And then, and then I pull things out of them. They're like, Oh, I never thought about that because I think that they have just like so much emotion behind it. It's really hard for them to see. And that's what makes it fun. Like I love reading sales pages. I'm like, this has so much character behind it. Like this, it's so fun to read because they just bring that really fun creative element. But Again, I think that's just kind of hard to do when we have like a lot of emotion and a lot of pressure that we feel behind creating these sales pages. Would you agree? I completely, yes, a hundred percent agree. Um, there is so much emotion and we tie our, you know, especially if you're a solopreneur, like mm-hmm. it's just you. And so mm-hmm. then you tie your self-worth to your sales yes. and you tie your identity to the number of people who buy your offer. And like, that's really harmful and it's really scary. So like- mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense why it can feel so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's one of the best. So I have so many people who come to me who are like, I'm a good writer. I can write this, but like, I'm so close to it. And I just yes. need someone else to take it. And it's, I think there's a, you know, there's a beauty in letting, there's also, it's like, I don't know. I feel like every time I write something for someone, they're like, oh, I sound so awesome. I'm like you are so awesome. Like, yes. We don't see ourselves, right? Like yes. we don't see the value. Um, we don't see that ourselves. So it can be really helpful to have someone else look and be like, oh my gosh, like you think you're providing this one solitary value and you're really doing like 20 amazing things that you don't even see. Right. Yeah. Yes. I could go on such a tangent about that, but I think you really hit it so good. And maybe another podcast will dive deeper into that because it is like, 
having that self-worth as solopreneurs, like we are, and a lot of the people who listen to this are solopreneurs, it's all on us. And so really tying that self-worth to that is so hard to separate yourself from that. But there's such a shift and a change in your business when you are able to do that. But again, that's like a whole nother podcast because that's like a really deep (laughs) topic (laughs) that we have to get into. But okay. So the power and really the purpose of a sales page. So a lot of people that are listening to this are service-based entrepreneurs. And a lot of them are kind of, um, typically they're maxed out with client work. So they're looking to create a workshop, create a mini course, um, create maybe a group program or a digital product. And that's where I think sales pages can be really really powerful. And that is, um, where I think it's important to have a sales page. Um, so what do you think like lengthwise, I saw you talking about this. If you guys don't follow Emily, she has been talking about this a lot on her, um, Instagram stories lately. And I love all the questions that people are asking her about sales pages. And I saw that you said that this was one of your most asked questions. So what, what do you think when it comes to length of a sales page? Yeah. So that's what everyone wants to know. So I will say personally, when I'm tackling a sales page, um, I was just working on one for a client who had a, she had like an outline, like a template from a, um, she was doing a launch. She was working with a launch group and they had a template and it had, I counted, it was like 24 sections of copy. Wow. And I was like, listen, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Like that's nuts. And she was like, Oh, like I trust you, whatever. And I think we came up with like eight maybe. Um, so I do think sales pages can be short and super effective. So I think what I said on my stories is like my annoying answer when it comes to the length is like, it needs to be as long as it needs to be like, however long it needs to be. But those things we talked about, right. With walking through that buyer's journey, if you can answer the questions, if you can put the value out there, if you can show someone and walk them through and you can do that in like, you know, three sections of copy and then you throw in a testimonial or some social proof, like that can be a really effective sales page. So I would say there's no set answer. I have put um, heat maps on sales pages I've made before for clients where Mm -hmm. you can watch people scroll and typically, I mean, this is a very unscientific study that I have done myself, so don't quote me on this, but um, most people will, so I call like a section, right, of copy would be like, you have your heading and then you have the about me or do you have mm-hmm. the transformation. Each of those is essentially like a section. Right. Most people stop scrolling after six. Interesting. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. So about me, do you think that's an important piece to have on a sales page? Oh my gosh. Yes. So it's different. It should not be. So like, this is also a thing I see so many times people just copy and paste their about me from like their homepage or from their about page. Don't do that. So on your sales page, so an about me section, right? It essentially builds that like the no like trust factor. Um, On our website, we kind of want people to to know us and like us. Um, those are like important things on a sales page. It's all about the trust. So mm-hmm. all you should be doing is like, we're not sharing cute little facts about ourselves. Right. We're not right. We're not building. It's not the same as a website about page. You really just want people to know that they can trust you. So it's all about building, establishing your authority, building that trust. Um, and then about page with a photo of you looking at the camera is very important. 
Love that. Okay. So now how about the buy now button? I hear people say all the time, like, should it be at the top? Should it be in the middle? Should it only be at the bottom? Should I have three? Like, what is your kind of psychology and I guess experience on where, and not that this really has to do with copy, but you deal with sales pages so much. What's kind of your um, advice that you give people in terms of the button? Yeah. So I actually recommend on most sales pages having a few. So what I do when I'm creating a sales page is I read it as the visitor and at each stage when it makes normal, like when it's natural for someone to say, yes, I want Mm. this, I try to give them a button. So like there wouldn't be one after you're about, right. Someone's not going to read about you and be like, oh my gosh, yes, I have to have (laughs) this. Like those aren't really connected. But when you go through like I put one at the very top, usually like after, so I'll have like the headline, a little tagline and like a power pitch statement, which is like one or two sentences about like, this is what this does. And I like to give people an option to be like, that's it. I've got it. I want this. Like, I don't, there are people, right. Especially if you've been doing a good job talking about it, who are going to go and be like, yep, I'm in good. So I want to make it really easy for those people. Mm -hmm. And then I want to give them some more information. Maybe we've talked about like some things you're struggling with, how this like will help the transformation you're going to see. And then that's another natural place to be like, Oh yeah. Awesome. I want in. And then you also, you know, at the bottom, like for the person who has to scroll all the way through and wants all of the details and all of the information, and then they're ready to say yes at the bottom. Um, I think giving people an option, several options is a good tactic. Okay. Okay. I love that. And I think that, I know I said this in the beginning, but I truly believe that your copy is like the most important part of your business really because it to increase your sales because it's really how you're communicating. So what are some questions that people who are DIYing the copy of their sales page can ask themselves to again, kind of improve that copy and improve their sales? Yeah. I love this question. I feel like this question just proved like you're a writer. So you know that you should (laughs) ask questions when you're writing. Like a lot of people don't even think about that. Um, But yes. So I think the first thing is who am I talking to? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times if you can have really awesome copy, like it's effective, you're tagging, like you're tapping into emotions, you're doing a great job, but you're talking to the wrong group. So you might be like, well, my sales page sucks because, you know, no one's buying when really actually your writing's great. You're just talking to the wrong person. So they're Mm -hmm. like the people who are coming aren't seeing themselves reflected. So knowing who, so I think like, who am I talking to? Um, Also just why does this matter? So that one I like to do, it's like you take it, I think it's called like the seven levels of why or something. Um, but you essentially like say like, why does this matter? And then you answer it and then you question yourself again. You're like, but why? And if you can take that down to like seven levels, then you've got like the heart of it. Um, and I think, right. Cause like the point, if, why does this matter? If your answer is like, because I need to make money, you're probably not going to see a great success. Right. Right. The point of a sales page cannot be to make you money. Like the point of a sales page has to be to connect your ideal client with this thing that is missing or is going to improve their life or business. 
Yeah. I say this all the time when you're trying to create like the transformation or the benefit of an offer or whatever it is that you're creating to ask yourself, why, why does that person want this? And, and like you said, like seven times, like ask yourself, but why, but why? So then you come up with one answer. Okay. Ask yourself again, but why do they want that? And like, so you get so deep. So then you can really create that specific reason on why they want that. And so it's not just such a generic benefit that people are like, they don't feel connected to. So I love asking yourself that question. Yeah. Especially if it's like, like saving people time is not a why. Mm. And I just feel like I could jump on a soapbox and Mm -hmm. basically all of us in some form or fashion, save people time. Like if you're Mm -hmm. a coach, you save people time because you shorten their journey, right? From like point A to point B. If you're a service provider, you save people time by doing the service. Like we all are doing that. Um, So yeah, your why definitely has to be a lot more specific than that. Um, I think too, just asking, like reading through. So like you put it together, Um, and reading through and asking like, how does this make me feel? Like, how is someone who comes here and reads this, how are they going to feel? Are they going to feel overwhelmed? Because sometimes unintentionally by trying to show someone how badly they need something, we actually leave them feeling so overwhelmed and defeated that they're not ready to consider a solution. Mm -hmm. They're Mm -hmm. nothing. It doesn't, what you're proposing doesn't feel like enough to overcome the problem that you established. So I think really asking yourself, like, how does this make me feel and being really aware of that? Um, yes. Um, I, to point this out, and this maybe has a little bit more, so definitely with copy, I, somebody that I really, really respect and love in this space, I always loved reading her sales pages. They were so good. And then I don't know what happened or what advice she was given or what, but now her sales pages, I go to them. I'm like, I'm extremely overwhelmed. Like I'm reading, and it's just like, it's like, and I know it's the length, but it's also like, this has to do a little bit with the design where the the text is so small and there's a lot of Mm -hmm. cursive. And I'm just like, I feel overwhelmed and it's, I'm struggling to read this. So again, I know that's kind of like a design piece, but keeping it, and I was just talking about this on my stories as well. Like when you're writing your copy, when you're writing, it's like take going back through and taking out so much because don't be so wordy. Like, and I do that every single time I write a post or an email, I read it probably three times. And every single time I'm constantly taking stuff out. Cause it's like, you already said this, you've already repeated this, like get to the point because people are not going to sit there and just hang on your every word if you're being so wordy. And so I love that. How does a sales page make my visitor feel? Yes. You're also speaking my language with the delete. I saw that on your stories and I was like, yes. Um, but yeah, deleting, deleting, deleting. And I think mm-hmm. that's too, like a lot of times when I will, you know, turn a project over to a client, a lot of times they're like, there's so many fewer words than I expected. Mm-hmm. And they're almost like, what? And I'm like, yeah, the point, right. Is not to have a lot of words. The point is right. to stay really powerful things in as few words as possible. Yes. Um, Yeah. So thinking about, yeah, just like the overall visitor experience. And then I think too, just being like, how can I make this more interesting? Like, is this Mm -hmm. boring? Ask yourself that, like read it and be like, is this boring? And be really honest because if it is like, you're not doing anybody any favors, right? You can break the rules. You can have things on a sales page that you've never seen. Like you can try I tried, I had a sales page where I was like, you know what? I'm like, part of this. I'm just going to put a video on here of me like saying this like three minute spiel that would take me forever to write, you know? And then I like, you know, I still had copy on there, but I tried it and it wasn't, I didn't love it, but I mean, try it. It's not, you know, like it's not yeah. the end of the world. 
Um, and then two, just like my biggest thing is really like, am I being authentic? And I'm, am I being transparent about what I'm offering? Because to me, there's a very fine line between good sales and, and like unethical, <laughs> unethical yes. practices. Um, and so, yeah, just really making sure like you're showing up like yourself, um, that you can stand behind every word. Words, I feel like we keep seeing this come up time and time again. It's like yeah. words matter. Like the way you choose to describe things, the way you choose to word, you know, what you're doing and what you're putting out into the world matters. And you have to feel confident about those. Um, and just like not trying to trick people. I see sales pages sometimes where I'm like, we're not dumb. Like we, yeah. we're not stupid, right? Like don't try to trick people. You don't want people buying something you're offering like because they were tricked into it. You want them buying right. because they're like, oh my gosh, yes, I need this. This is perfect for me. So yeah. And I will say also, I think that's why one reason I think people are very drawn to you as being like their copywriter is because you are so genuine and authentic and you let that piece, you let that piece be seen. Right. So, um, yeah, I just, I think that's really important is having that, um, genuine aspect to it. But I think like you were saying, people feel like, well, I have to be buttoned up and I have to be like a sales tactic and like, oh, I found this on Google of like writing all this stuff. And it's like, just be genuine, have that human connection, be authentic. And people will feel that. And then they'll, they'll want to be connected to you. They'll feel connected to you and want to buy from you. So I think that's really important to include in the sales process as well. As well. So what is one of the most important things that you that most people do not include on their sales page? So some people might want to fight me on this. That's fine. But I would say the price, like mm, full on price. Yes. So I have gotten to a point in my business where I am so over like, uh, like I was just talking about, like not being transparent. Like, yes, I don't care how good you are at sales. I don't care. Like, I don't care how good you think you are on a sales call. Like, leaving the price, not telling people the price or giving them any indication and then requiring them to get on a call, I feel is unethical because that you just deserve to know. Like if someone is going to pay, if you feel confident charging a price, I personally believe that price should be very clearly stated. So if you have a payment plan, those monthly payments are listed and the number of payments required. And so someone can easily write, do the math and see how much is this going to cost me. And then there's a paid in full price. Um, and I think that should be on every single sales page. Yes. Preach seriously. And I just want to say, I have never, ever bought anything from anybody that I didn't know the price from because it, it just, and I don't, I think I can explain it if I, if we had time, but it just, it doesn't make me feel good. It makes me feel like, what are you trying to hide? And why are you not confident about that? I, one of the questions that people ask me all the time, my one-on-one clients will say, well, should I include the price or should I not include the price? Like that's such a big back and forth. I think because a lot of times in this industry, we hear a lot of times, or we see a lot of times people not including the price. So it makes us feel like maybe we shouldn't include it. But I'm like, you should be so confident. Like, again, like you're freaking welcome. I'm offering this workshop. I'm offering this course for this price and putting it out there with that confidence. Like, why wouldn't you want to scream it from the rooftops? And exactly. that's, I, I love it. Yeah. I love that. And I mean, I think there's a misconception. I mean, I think it starts with like luxury brands, right? Like if you go to yep. like Gucci's website, like they're not going to have their prices listed 
I don't mm-hmm. think maybe they do, but I, for a while they didn't. Um, and so it's like, oh, if it's high ticket, if it's high end, like we don't put the price, like this luxury thing, but one, you're going to get on, you're going to waste your time yes. on a ton of sales calls where people aren't a good fit. Right. Or you're going to have people that you talk in, right. If you're really good, I am a sucker for good sales. Like <laughs> I am a marketer's dream. Like I'll see something and be like, Oh, I should have that. Or, you know, yeah. like, I can't go to the, I can't get like my oil changed. Cause they'll be like, Oh, you need to change these filters. I'm like, Oh yeah, do all of it. Like, yeah. sounds great. <laughs> like $400 later, my husband's like, yeah, we're not doing this again. Um, so I just like believe people, right. Like I'm yeah. very good. And so if I get on a, you know, especially if you're newer or just like not at the level of this offer, right? Like it's fine for there to be offers that are out of reach. There are people who offer services, programs that are not in my reach right now. And that's fine. But mm-hmm. I need to know that because yeah. I don't want to get on a call and get talked into something that I'm then taking, you know, taking out a loan or using a credit card to pay for something that I can't afford. I mean, it's a personal decision, right? If I look at it and I see like, this is $28,000 and I want to decide like that's worth it. Cool. Great. That's my personal decision. But I think there's like a sleazy, yeah, not putting that price up there and then making someone talk to you to find out. Um, I just, I don't like it. I don't suggest it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I also like knowing the price as well because working with people and saying like, okay, that's not in my budget right now. But now that I know the price, I know what I need to save up for. I know what I need to um, work towards to be able to bring on this person in my business or work with this person or whatnot. So having that price in there, maybe that's not a yes now for your potential client, but now that they know and it's something that they can work towards um, in the future. So Yes. Yes. This was okay. That was such a good point. And, um, I'm glad we brought that up. So how can people work with you now? I, I definitely follow you at Emily writes well on Instagram. I will put it down below. Also your emails are my favorite. We talk about this all the time, but I love reading Emily's emails. I am subscribed from a lot of people because I don't like reading their emails, but Emily is one that I will always stay subscribed to because her emails are so good. And I will also put that down below in the, um, in the description so people can just click and get right in your email list, but working with you, what kind of offers do you have now? Yeah. First of all, thank you. I love when when people like my emails. It's literally like having like, you know, the teacher praise your, you know, like, Oh, she did such a good job. I'm just like, I love that. I put a lot of, I love my email community. Like they yes. get the best with me. So, um, yeah, I think there's two main ways, right. To work with me right now. Um, one is just like done for you work. So I currently write website, copy sales pages and email sequences. That's generally what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. I also like I mean, that's not a set in stone thing. I love fun projects. So if you have some like, you know, unique or crazy projects that you want help with, I would definitely be into hearing about that. Um, But I've been doing mainly websites, sales pages and email sequences um, for people. And then I also have um, 90 minute intensives, which is like done with you work. So those tend to be like, if you need to write a welcome sequence, right? And it's been on your to-do list forever. You can schedule an intensive. 
it's 90 minutes. Like we jump on the call. I share my screen. I actually write the emails, but you're giving me feedback in the moment. And so it's very you like it's your brand voice, right? Like it's a really cool experience because we kind of write it together, but I'm like typing it. So it's kind of this like elevated version of you, but it's done in 90 minutes. So we yeah. hang up the call. I love that done there. with you. I like that. I, I don't yeah. think I've ever heard really anybody use that term. So I like that done with you. And do you do audits of sales pages? Like I was just kind of thinking, if we're talking about sales pages now, somebody has a sales page that they've done and they've DIY'd it, but they kind of want to bring you in to go over it and give feedback. Is that something that you offer as well? Yes. So I do. Yeah, I do website audits and sales page audits. So if you are for an audit, you have to be pretty much done. So it doesn't have to be like, you know, you're ready to publish, but you have to have most of the stuff. And then yes, I go through and help um, like polish things up, right? Reword things, help with the flow. um, And then I can't help myself. So I'll add things and move them around. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I do that. And then um, yeah, that's pretty fun. And then The other way to work with me is if you want to actually, so that's all like, I'm basically doing the work for you essentially. Um, And then if you actually want to improve your writing skills, um, I have a group program slash course. It's like a hybrid fun little adventure, um, the Copy Party Academy. So it's in, we have our founding members. It's going on right now. So we have 10 amazing business owners who are, learning all things. So we start with brand voice, right? So like, if you know me at all, authenticity and brand voice is like the key, the core of any of your writing. So if you don't know who you are, you're not going to be a great writer. So we start there, um, do a lot of work digging into like who your most aligned client really is, what your brand voice really is, and like polishing that up and getting in a really solid place. And then it's kind of a choose your own adventure. So there's there's so much content in there. I don't know. I just kind of went <laughs> crazy, <laughs> but like you can learn there's website copy. There's like, there's a whole sales page module where it walks you through in detail, right? Like how we're writing a tagline, how we're um, addressing different sections of a sales page, um, broadcast emails, sales emails, welcome sequences, social media, all of the things. So that's the other way. Um, that's closed right now. So our founding session, we um, started with 10, 10 founding members. And then in June, it will launch again and be open to the public for. Okay. And you have some amazing women in there. I see you like tagging them on your stories and I'm like, dang, you have an amazing group of women. And so getting on your email list again, we'll let them know when the copy party starts up. Yeah. Yeah. That, yes. The copy party Academy is my dream come true. Like I, (laughs) it was really exciting because I was like, okay, we're going to have 10 spots and then keep it intimate. And it sold out in like four hours. And I know I was like freaking out. I was like, what is happening? Um, (laughs) but it was, it was funny too, because I like had a whole sales page for it. And I was like, no one, I like looked, no one even went to the sales page. Oh no. Um, but, but that's not the norm. Let's just say that. That is not the norm. It's not the norm. Well, and moving forward, I'm like, okay, the sales page is going to have to, because this was all people I'd been, you know, like talking to. It was kind of like an, you know, like a behind the scenes thing. Right. Very unusual. But, um, yeah, it's an amazing group of people. Like I am just floored by, um, just like how passionate they are and how it's a very like fun group. People across the 
board. So we have like hairstylists and health coaches and other copywriters and VAs and system, you know, systems experts. And like, it's just kind of a very varied group, which has been really fun because we all get to Uh learn from each other. Yeah, that is so fun. Well, I am so happy that people have gotten to know you and they're going to go follow you and just really learning more about your expertise and your knowledge because you're so smart and you're so good at what you do. And I know you have to go, but before we wrap it up, I want to ask you some rapid fire questions. And these are super fun okay. to ask. So Sweet. are you ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Okay. I think. <laughs> what is the most difficult part of being an entrepreneur? staying focused on one thing. So I mentioned before about all my jobs I've had. I, I get very, I'm a, an Enneagram seven. So like whatever the next fun thing is, is where I want to go. And that's just my natural bent. And so I think like not getting distracted by shiny object syndrome and really having the discipline to dial in and stay focused on what actually makes money um, mm-hmm. and like staying focused on actually like giving something a chance to grow um, has been really hard for me, but is definitely paying off. So, yeah. And I think that's the creative bone in your body. I think we're always trying to like do different things. Cause like you were saying, like you get bored really easily, but yeah, it is hard to, because it is like, and I say that all the time, like business is a marathon. So you have to keep going and let it build. And I see people all the time switching up and changing and it's like, Oh, you didn't even give it time to work. Like, um, okay. So number two book you've read that really impacted your business. Um, I haven't actually even finished it, but I'm mostly through it, but it's the book originals. It's like how nonconformists move the world by Adam Grant. Um, and it is just like such permission to like break the rules. It's really, um, affirming the way I want to do business. Um, and it also just takes a lot of pressure off of things. So it's a really cool book. There's like a lot of case studies, which I'm kind of a nerd. So I like that. Um, but it's a really fun book that kind of helps you. I don't know, like it's helped me really step into my creativity in a professional way. Um, and be like bold enough to, yeah, like do things that aren't, you know, that everyone else isn't doing. Okay. This is so bizarre. I am going to the library today because this book is on hold. I'm supposed to be picking it up today from the library. I'm not even I was like, because I heard Adam Grant on Brene Brown's podcast a couple of weeks ago. So I was like looking at him and he was like really interesting. So looking him up and I come across this book. And so I put it on hold at the library and it just popped up that I can pick oh it up God. today. So that's like so bizarre. Uh, so okay, I'm excited well. to dive into it. <laughs> Yeah. Highly suggest. It is very okay. cool. That is such a fun synchronicity. I love that it. That is so weird. Okay. Last question. Who are you learning from in the online space right now? Okay. So, um, according to Weeze is her name's Louisa Duran Duran. I'm not exactly sure how to say her last name, but she is the most well-spoken badass like I just love listening to her she spent I mean she teaches about you know white supremacy and inclusion and diversity like in a really meaningful way um and I have just learned so much from following her I she puts the research and just like the level of I don't know the level of like work she puts into something. She doesn't just like open her mouth and spout off about anything. Like when she talks, you're like, 
you, you listen because it is powerful. Um, and I've learned a lot from her. So I think, you know, I have a lot to learn still. Um, you know, it's important to me to like be an ally and to Mm -hmm. show up in this world and like, you know, do what I can, Mm -hmm. um, to help dismantle (laughs) systemic racism and white supremacy and all of these like things. Um, but I still have a whole lot to learn. So I'm learning a lot from her. Um, highly recommend following her. And then in the just like general business space, I love Elizabeth McCravey. Um, she's a website designer, a show it designer. Um, my website template is from her, but she also is a really good business educator. She's been in business in the online space, I think for like five years, which I feel like an online years is like it's like dog years yeah (laughs) you always say I mean five years is a long time so she's been around but she just has a very um matter of fact like she's really smart she has an incredibly successful business but she's also just incredibly down to earth and a very she's much more relatable to me than like a lot of people that might be at that level in their business are um and she's just fun so I like learning from her Okay. I'm not following any of those people. So I am going to check both of them out because they sound like amazing women. So thank you so much. Um, I had so much fun talking with you, Emily, and I'm so happy that I could get you on the podcast because you, again, I know I've said it so many times, but you are just one of my favorite people. You're so genuine, you're so authentic, and you're so knowledgeable. And I love learning from you. So um, thank you very much. And I'm so happy that you came on today. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I could talk sales pages for now. <laughs> a hundred hours. So I'm glad we kept this relatively to the point, but thank you so much for having me. All right. That's a wrap. So I do just want to encourage you. I'm going to link it down below in the show notes, but Emily, I know we talked about it in the episode, but I love reading her email. She's an incredible writer and her email, she will send resources specifically to her email list that I'm always replying back and being like, you need to be charging for this. She sends incredible free resources to her email list. So make sure that you are getting on her email list and you are following her on Instagram. And I really hope that these tips help you create your own sales page. But if you do not want to mess with your sales pages, go ahead and shout out to Emily and, um, she can help you in that department. And of course, you can find me on Instagram as well at Kayla.Ruan, and I will check you in the next episode.